Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel, you're gonna find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is gonna be on there. You're gonna find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts, all that you can follow along with. And the best part is that it's completely free. They're also around 10 to 20 minutes long, meaning if you're short of time, you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout. New workouts will go live on the channel every Tuesday and Thursday and they're gonna be accompanied by an amazing backdrop, which I'm sure you're all gonna enjoy. So if you wanna find the channel, just search Elliot Hassoon into YouTube and you'll find it very easily. And please subscribe. It makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Welcome to the Simply Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Hassoun. In this podcast, I'll be looking at three key questions related to fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I will break these down into information that is easy to understand and actionable so that you can apply it to your life today. This podcast will give you all you need to improve your health and well-being once and for all. So sit back, listen, and most importantly, take action. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Simply Fit Podcast. I am very excited to be joined by a EHC client today and the first of a series that we've been waiting for a long time to do. I've had a lot of recommendations that people want to hear from the people that we have been working with who have gone through their health and fitness journey. Of course, it's great that I can give you tips and tricks, but it's amazing when you can hear this from someone who's gone through the journey, who isn't necessarily well-versed in health and fitness to begin with, who's kind of coming from a very, very like low baseline in terms of knowledge or experience within the gym, within their nutrition, and then basically achieving something that's pretty phenomenal when it comes to their health and fitness. So starting from zero and essentially going to hundred. So I want to introduce you to Anika, who's here with me today. How are you, Anika? I'm good. Thank you. Really excited to be on here. It's a pleasure to have you. And myself and Anika have been working together for a couple of years now. So I would love to go through your superhero origin story first, Anika. So just give a little bit of context of who you are and your journey. And then we're going to kind of map out those past two years from where you started to where you are today. So who is Anika? Hi. So I um, actually originally started my health and fitness journey for purely aesthetic reasons. Wanted to lose a bit of weight for my wedding so I could look a bit nicer in my outfits um, and feel a bit more confident. And in doing so, you know, in that time, it, as well as like the the fitness side of things and the aesthetic side of things, I began to realize that I was having a bit of a mindset shift as well. Not a bit of a mindset shift, a massive mindset shift um, and more of self-realization and things like that. And, you know, um, realized that I was actually dealing with anxiety and um, all that, I was going to say all that good stuff, but not all that good stuff, all that stuff. So, you know, my lifestyle completely changed. It used to revolve around 
loads of socials and the socials revolved around drinking mainly, eating lots of food, not thinking about what I was consuming, how much I was consuming, no, not even thinking about activity. And, you know, upon kind of meeting Elliot and him imparting his wisdom upon me, I've managed to completely change my lifestyle now. And it's been a two-year journey. It's still a journey, still, you know, learning. I'm still making improvements. Um, but I'm now living a completely different life, still having socials, still going to socials, but, you know, managing them very differently and maintaining results that we've achieved, um, both mentally and physically. So, yeah. Absolutely. And that's a primary reason why I wanted to bring you on today and show people this example is because of you've come from a place of, like you said, going out, not caring about nutrition, not really training or anything like that to coming full circle and now being your very own health and fitness online coach as well, which is quite a transformation, not only from a physical perspective, but like I said, from a mindset and lifestyle perspective. So let's go back to prior to starting, like what did a typical day in the life of nutrition and exercise, if there was any there, look like? Oh my God, I can't even, you need to give me a second to think because like some days would be Oh, so I used to work in town. I actually still technically do working from home at the moment. Um, so, you know, on the way in, I might gra- literally used to grab like a pan of chocolat on the way in with a coffee most days. And then, you know, grabbing what you think is what I thought was a healthy salad from Pret or even like a mac and cheese if I'd been drinking the night before and not thinking about, you know, what's in it, what's in everything. And then dinner would um, generally be, you know, whatever was made at home. Um, I was living at home at the time. So whatever my family were eating, I was eating again, just not thinking about how much I was consuming. You know, it's not to say that, you know, you shouldn't eat these foods. It's just after like learning, um, it's more about balance and, you know, managing how much to eat of certain foods. So that's, yeah, it was a prepped lifestyle and drinks <laughs> the night before is what it looked like. It's not that unfamiliar. I think prep fuels <laughs> most of London, to be completely honest. So <laughs> what about exercise? Was there much exercise involved? Was there walking? Was there... Uh, not consciously walking. So maybe, you know, um, from the station to the office to prep back to the office, but not like <laughs> to go out for a walk, so to speak. And again, you know, I had joined the gym near my office. It was the fitness first, which was quite nice. Go in there with a colleague of mine who are like now very good friends and we'd wing it. We'd like think we know what we're doing, um, had no idea what we were doing and um, like go to the classes and things like that. So really had no idea to be honest and and that wouldn't be like a consistent thing like we might make it once every three weeks if we weren't going for drinks on a Thursday (laughs) 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 yeah that's what it looked like (laughs) see that's why it's funny for me to even hear this as well I was saying to you before we went on live is that you sometimes speak about you know, in, in passing about the older Nico who would go out for drinks and stuff like that. And obviously I didn't experience that whatsoever. So it's even unusual for me to hear that. So at the point in which you knew the wedding was coming up, how long did you think about signing up and getting started on your health and fitness journey? Because if it usually, it's an interesting one actually to find out how long it takes for people to hit the trigger. You are still relatively young, well, quite young by my estimation. And, you know, some people wait until years and years and years down the line before they get started on their journey. So what caused you to do it? And at, you know, the specific time, which was roughly two years ago from today, really? Yeah. So I was, so I'd always, 
struggled to lose weight um you know I try and it's strange for me to now say that because obviously the lifestyle I was living wouldn't have helped me trying to lose weight thinking about it now but so nothing was working um you know you'd see PTs in the gym and they'd give you an hour of their time but they wouldn't really give you anything around nutrition and things like that and then when I you know heard about online coaching my friend was doing it at the time and um he saw really really amazing results um within a few weeks it was and so I thought you know why not give it a go um and especially because the wedding was coming up um Mm. and in all honesty even when I started with you I didn't, I would have been happy if I'd lost like three or four kg. Like I never in a million years would have thought, I'm going to get a bit emotional. I never would have thought that I would have, you know, lost as much as I did and be in the place that I am now. Like it's completely changed my life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Props to you for making that decision and kind of not giving it as much thought as maybe some people do, because sometimes you do get that paralysis by analysis. So it's great that you just kind of saw what was possible from someone else and jumped in. And yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about your expectations as well. It's because of when I have people come in, I'm like, yep, I reckon you can drop about 10 to 15 kilos. And, you know, just like you said, they're like, I'll be happy with three or five because I've never done it before. So, you know, that's an interesting one. So you mentioned that you had tried to lose weight in the past. What things had you tried and when did you try to do that? So again, it would be, you know, me thinking I know what I'm doing at the gym and it might have meant that I was going once or twice a week for three weeks, like um, con- consecutively. And that alongside, you know, thinking I was eating healthy. So that might have looked like, you know, instead of grabbing a croissant, I would have gotten an avocado on toast. And again, you know, we spoke about the um, salads from Pret. And even though, yep, it's a salad, you actually don't know how many calories you're consuming. And obviously this whole thing is about, you know, if you're in a fat loss phase, it's calorie deficit and you don't realize how it actually adds up very quickly without realizing. And I had no idea. And again, you know, I would think, oh, I can't eat rice when I go home. So I'll just have a bit of curry or whatever it might have been. Obviously, completely had no idea what I was doing. And just reading stuff online as well, which did not help because there's so much information, misinformation out there. 100%. And I I don't think that's um, unusual either. I think that's the general approach of most people that like, because it is quite frequent. I have people start with me and they're like, I'm eating relatively healthy. And then obviously you dive into what healthy looks like. And it's not necessarily the foods are bad or their portion sizes are out of control. It's just the fact that the ratios of them are a little bit not aligned with where they want to be. And plus, obviously, the weekends of drinking occasionally, and also probably the time frame they give themselves like, you know, three weeks or four weeks is you you might see something, but you're not going to see a huge amount. So I think that's pretty frequent as well. And it's funny you mentioned about the Pret as well. It's like anytime I go in and I'm like, I go and get like their Pret oats, right? And they're like, do you want the um, the seeds and the honey? And if you actually look at the calories and the seeds and the honey, it's probably almost as much in the, that's in the pot of porridge, right? Which is insane. So, you know, people go in expecting a healthy porridge, healthy salad, and end up eating probably more calories than they would have done if they had just like a sandwich and a croissant, right? Yeah, exactly. And also just kind of to go back to your previous question, it's just something like with signing up to you, it was one of those things where you can't think about it too much. Like the quicker you do it, the quicker you'll see results basically (laughs) and the longer you put it off the more reasons you'll find not to do it right that's what i find as well and it's not just with health and fitness it's just about anything because of then those doubts creep in and the reasons why you might not be able to do it comes in okay perfect that gives me a good summary so the way i've got your journey summed up here over these couple of years since you started you started the fat loss phase this is obviously a very brief overview but that's you know back 
in 2019. So that's two years now. You get in shape for the wedding. You're pretty steady on the fat loss phase. There's ups and downs. Obviously, you had a holiday in between that as well. And then you end up getting in shape for the wedding. You had the family challenges, which I want to go through in just a second of the the peer pressure to eat a certain way and everything along those lines. Then you had all the cancellations with the wedding because of COVID happened, right? Mm-hmm. Of cancellation of the honeymoon and everything along those lines, which threw you off a little bit. So it did we weren't able to manage the back end of the like the or the reverse diet quite as effectively as we wanted to slowly yeah. got back on track after losing your way a little and then trying to build and uh, built and built through the back end of 2020 kind of hit your stride towards the late end of 2020 into 2021 and then got <laughs> into the best shape of your life just a couple of months ago with the photo shoot is that a fair assessment of those two years perfect yeah on nail on the head <laughs> Perfect. No, so that hopefully gives the listeners a good idea of how it's been. So, because if you went through your second second fat loss phase in order to get to the photo shoot, so I want to go back to the first one because of obviously this was the first time you dedicated yourself to a process like this. Obviously, you had those bouts of trying to lose weight in the past, but this is like the first fully committed one. So, a couple of challenges that you faced was obviously going away on the holiday, the challenges around the anxiety and realizing that. And then also I would probably tie into that the the pressures of family, pressures of or extended family, along with, you know, managing socials, going to weddings and stuff like that. So how did you find, let's start with the managing the challenge of the social side of things, you know, not only in social settings, but the peer pressure from family as well. Because I think that's one that a lot of people will relate to. Yeah, of course. So there were, I guess there were two elements to my, to the socials for me. The month I signed up, I think three weeks later, I went on my own hen to Ibiza. So that was all kind of planning, you know, maybe it meant that I wasn't actually drinking as much. And I was very, very conscious of what I was eating. And friends were like, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) why? But again, it was the first time that I had to deal with kind of just sticking to my own guns in my head and just keeping in mind the end goal and the fact that I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing it for anybody else at the end at the end of the day. And then along with that, obviously, came weddings. And there were lots of very close um, family and friend weddings that that year, that summer. And again, it, I, you know, it meant that I didn't drink at some of these receptions where, where I usually would have. But actually, I was full of energy. Um, like I had just as much fun. Um, and what also helped was actually a few of my friends, not naming any names, but also you were, you were coaching them. Um, and it helped that they were there as well, not drinking. Um, mm-hmm. So that was that also helped as well. So I guess surrounding yourself with people who are also on the same journey helped as well. And that also helps when you have, like when you, you built your community and like speaking, like I now speak to certain people outside of our calls, which is really nice. And then also with the family stuff, um, it's just, you know, having so I've had to explain it to my my immediate family um, why I was doing these things. And they actually saw that I, even though I was doing this like diet, saying quote, they real they could see that I was actually eating a lot more food than I used to eat because before I used to eat high calorific food, but not much of it. Whereas I was eating high volume, good food. And they could see that they saw that that's what I was eating and they kind of incorporated it into their own routines, which was quite nice. And then it was dealing with the external family who would have things to say. And, you know, when people say things like, oh, you've lost loads of weight or whatever it might be, like in your head, just be like, okay, so what I'm doing is working. And um, just, again, keep in mind that you're doing it for yourself. And remember that, you know, 
everyone's on their own journey and just explain to them that, you know, maybe I'm not hungry right now, you know, I'll, I'll eat later and then don't have it. Um, and yeah, like turn a blind eye at the end of the day, like in one ear and out the other, it's, you're doing it for you. Like it's your own health, it's your own body. Yeah. So that's kind of how I've managed it. I still get comments now, you know, I hadn't seen one of my aunts in months and she was like, oh, you've lost loads of weight, haven't you? And I was like, mm, yeah, I have. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, 100%. And I feel like that's going to be a lot of people. And it's interesting we say to this day, you still get those comments as well. And yeah. you probably will for the foreseeable too. So in the, I know you're very headstrong with it now, but in the early stages, like how would you overcome? Because of in the first, even with myself in the early stages, if someone commented on my physique that I didn't like it, it was hard for it to go in one ear and out the other. It was only through time. How did you cultivate that after like the consistent comments you were getting? Oh God, I think it, because it became more regular. So I think initially, obviously it did knock me because people were like, oh, they weren't being nice about it. But it's one of those things in our culture where if you're, I used to get comments like when I got, came back from uni being like, oh, you've put on weight. Okay. Maybe I have, but it, like, you can never make anybody happy. Like they'll say something if you've put on a bit of weight, they'll say something if you've lost a bit of weight. And it's kind of trying to kind of take a step back like in the moment you're like you're taken back a bit and kind of just smile and nod and just deal with it but then when I like started thinking about it and started thinking that people said things to me when I had put on weight people are saying things to me now you're not going to make anyone happy ever and again it, that's when it kind of went back to knowing that you're doing it for you and you're not doing it to make anyone else happy yeah does that, does that answer your question yeah, for sure. And I think it, a lot of it is just standing the test of time, right? And just like being persistent with following through on that too. Because if I feel like if you let people break you down and they continue with those comments and you kind of give in to those, then that's, yeah. that's the big thing with boundaries, right? It's not even just about the comments, but it's like people in certain situations, they're forced to eat certain foods, right? Which I think you had experience of as well. And if you do then give in, which I think I say to a lot of people that I work with, like, you've got to pick your battles. There'll be some in which you're like, you know what, I'm going to stay strong here. It, you know, maybe it's with your mum and dad. If you're always at home, then you kind of do need to stand your ground there. Otherwise, you're going to get it on a daily basis. But if it's like, you know, visiting in-laws or something like that, then you might just manipulate your calories so that you can yeah. then accommodate, you know, I don't I don't always believe in this, but sometimes I understand where other people are coming from. They're like, I just don't want to be the awkward one. I only see my in-laws maybe every three months. I can just navigate my calories for one day. And I think that's fair enough. So that that's good yeah. to hear as well. And there was one, one, it literally just reminded me there was, we went out for Chinese not so long ago and I was eating, I'd accounted for it. I was enjoying myself. And the person sitting next to me turned to me and said, oh, do you really struggle just to have one thing when you come out now? Like expecting me to not be eating when I'm out. And it's, you, you still get those slight, like people will swing it in really weird. And I was like, no, I'm eating because I like it. And I, I can like, it's not because it's not because of anything else. So still get it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that I think is ongoing. But the more you obviously embody it, you live it, um, and you stand by it, like you know they might reduce a little bit. And it's funny, like it comes full circle eventually those people. And I always think that this comes from a place of insecurity and, you know, jealousy to, to, to a degree, or maybe even just like a lack of understanding for naivety. But eventually those people are the ones who start 
then thinking, oh yeah, who was that coach you were working with? And you know, that tends, it tends to come full circle like that. That's the good examples. So coming on to the next one, obviously you had um, some challenges with anxiety as well. And I feel like your journey has been one of so, uh, growing in self-awareness as well, right? You've adopted practices like journaling and uh, things along those lines on mindfulness practices. So how did you navigate those challenges you had towards, I want to say, autumn of 2019 to where you find yourself today, where even with some recent challenges you had, you were able to navigate those quite, quite well? Yeah. So I realized, I guess when, you know, my food went was clean. Um, I wasn't drinking. My anxiety actually just naturally kind of, it started getting a bit better naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had previously been to the doctor about it and stuff. And um, I used to get, you know, when I'd go to sleep, I'd get a shortness of breath where I'd sleep. And it wouldn't have been that I was thinking about anything specific, but I couldn't, you know, there was just something underlying that was just not okay. And I'd just be feeling weird and anxious in certain situations and then in autumn when I guess I got came back from holiday because I had kind of gone off piste when I, when I was away and a little bit before <laughs> and I wasn't really checking in and Elliot you, you, I remember you like emailed me like is everything okay I haven't heard from you um mm-hmm. but kind of um journaling and then you know having like a nighttime routine switching off from electronics everything that you talk about honestly like I implemented most things before bed and it's helped me so much. So my nighttime routine now consists of switching off from laptop, phone, TV. I have a really nice skincare routine, which I do now. Either that or I'll have a really nice hot shower, jump into bed, put pen to paper and journal. Like you said, it doesn't even need to make sense. Even if you've had a good day, even if I've had like an amazing day, like I'll just write and um, close it. So it's from my head on paper. And then either like I'll sleep, listen to a sleep story or like, you know, a guided sleep meditation. And it just like, it just works wonders. And, and even my morning routine, you know, most people who know me know that I go to the gym like quite early in the morning. Um, and it's just a really nice start to the day. Like you feel like you've accomplished something. It wakes your body up. It wakes your mind up. You know, I'm in there usually around 6am done and dusted such such a lovely way to start the day um and again it's something I would never have done before like I used to be in bed until like until I had to get up previously and now it's like unknown to me like feel like no need to go so yeah it's just ch- like changing lifestyle as well and implementing those like wellness tactics to help with anxiety and also eating well like you nourish your body with goodness and you know, you just see loads of changes. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And I want to come back to a few points. The first is that I gave Anika three, like free reign when you went to Ibiza, right? I was, I think I was quite lenient with you, like having, you know, I'm like, this is a once in a lifetime thing. So don't make people think that I made her stay on track and eat out of Tupperware <laughs> during a, a hen party. Um, no, no. Not, not at all. Um, but no, in regards to what you said, I mean, the first thing that you touched on, I think is an important thing to recognize is that once you started taking care of your nutrition, you started training, like already, you know, those mental health challenges started to reduce. And I think that's a big one that people miss out. It's like, it's an interesting thing, actually. And I'll tell you this because I don't think I spoke about it on the podcast, but I came across an article and it was like the danger of mindfulness. And I was like, how can mindfulness be dangerous? So I clicked on the article, clearly the title got me. And one thing the guy said, he was like, well, sometimes people mistake the fact that mindfulness is needed when like, for instance, that people do a meditation and a journaling instead of actually trying to get to sleep, which they need, or they just need to have a good, like, 
good food and they put it all aside as, you know, mental health challenges when actually they're not covering their physical health foundations, like their nutrition that, you know, and they all put it down as, oh, I've got, you know, anxiety and depression, which they probably do, but it's probably exacerbated by the fact they're not doing their things for their physical health. So I love that you started with that and you saw some improvements as a byproduct of that. So that's a very, very good point. And then on the note of morning and evening routines, funnily enough, when I interviewed Anna Moon as well, she said the exact same thing in terms of like, like eliminating her anxiety. It came down to doing a morning for her morning for me is what she called it. And then having a wind down routine in the evening. So it almost seems too simple to be true. But when you hear so many people say like, this has been the difference maker, like, you know, you have to kind of take stock and feel like, well, actually maybe, maybe this does something super, super powerful. So how did you get started with it? Did you implement everything in one go or did you start to add one thing on to another? Yeah. So I think I started initially with journaling and that again you know I was doing I wasn't doing it so regularly I would just do it when I really 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 was feeling anxious and so it wouldn't have been an every evening thing or an everyday thing and slowly I kind of um, built up to it and again I cut it it was something I built up to and then I let go of again. Um, and then I went through some family stuff, you know, at the beginning of this year, lost someone really dear to me, started again. And I've just kind of been going since. And that's when I've kind of, I've kept it going. Um, and with the sleep meditations, it was all the sleep stories. That's kind of, conti- that's been more regular. That's a few times a week where I'll just, because it's so easy to switch it on. Like, you don't have to do anything. You just mm-hmm. listen to it and just fall asleep. So, that was much nicer. And then the early morning workouts were, I think it was at the, like when I was coming, not to the end of my, my second fat loss journey, my, my fat loss phase, it was kind of at that time. So I ha- I was going for early morning walks and I was enjoying that because it was me time. No, and I spoke to you about this as well. Like nobody else is awake. Everything is really still and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just such nice energy around. And I just loved it. Like I absolutely like everything's just really peaceful. So um, I started then going, doing my workouts first thing in the morning and I've just not stopped because it's just the best thing. Like, I can't tell you, it's just so good. And you don't need to worry about it as well. Like later in the day, like on days, like obviously I'm a human. There are some days, like some weeks where I might not go first thing in the morning, but then my whole day is like, when am I going to get it done? And I love doing it first thing in the morning. Like I don't like working out in the afternoon or in the evening anymore. So yeah, it just, you then don't need to worry about it. 100%. And I, love no, I completely Anna, agree with that. <laughs> yeah, you, you share some similarities there, definitely. I mean, your stories sound very similar in terms of how you worked on that anxiety thing. And then also your story, your backstories as well about how you got into fitness too. So it's funny to see those um, correlations. And I think you're right on the um, the morning uh, training side of things as well. And I say to people, anyone who's got a busy schedule during the day, it's just like, even if you don't necessarily like training in the morning, I think it's going to be beneficial because if not only do you get out of the way, you get sunlight early in the day, as long as, you know, the sun is up, um, you get movement, you know, and then you don't have to worry about stressing about it being in the back of your mind to the world's back in the day. And then once you finish work, when you close that laptop lid, like, your time is your time, you know? So I think it's super, super beneficial. So that's one thing I think the listeners should take away from that as well. So obviously a lot of changes that happened during your journey as well. What do you think was like the most challenging change to make? Was it to your day-to-day nutrition? Was it implementing training consistently? Was it the socials? What would you say were the biggest challenge when it comes to the transitions you made? Um, I think for me, the biggest thing was the nutrition. I've lived my whole life eating and living a certain way and eating certain foods a certain way. And, you know, ever since I was younger, 
I was I had a very active childhood you know swimming um people laugh at this but karate like I was very very active gymnastics and then I went from that to uni where I drank and did nothing and then continued that lifestyle and when I was really active like we used to have crisps chocolate in the house cookies and it was go-to whenever you want like there was a cupboard just stocked with that food and my brother and I have very very similar eating habits and that's because of the environment we were brought up in and so for me that was probably one of the biggest challenges and also kind of living at home when I was getting ready for the wedding having those Indian snacks as well like so forget the chocolate and crisps because I made them stop buying those from the supermarket but <laughs> like even all the other bits I was it was like oh that was the tough thing. And yeah, so for me, that was it. And then I guess then kind of moving here, we now just, we only buy what we need and what I've accounted for in my, like, in my day-to-day plan. So I, I don't go off piste or I can have that bit of chocolate. And it was learning about balance again. So having, enjoying the things you like, so the chocolates and stuff, but in moderation, right? Not having I don't know, three bars <laughs> and things like that when you do feel a little bit hungry and also pushing through that hunger because it's that immediate gratification, right? That we spoke about that if you wanna if you wanna see change, you've got to make changes. So that's what that's what I found um quite difficult. But yeah, I mean, it's been a learning curve, but <laughs> It's been good. <laughs> yeah, it's ongoing, right? And I think you made a good point there. I think people ask the secrets of my success. And I'm like, go into my cupboards now and try and find something that you could binge on or you could actually yeah. overdo. You can't. And that's done intentionally because I know my nature and people would assume that it's not the case because I've been a coach for years and years. But like, if you put snacks in a cupboard, I'm going to be all over it. Like, I don't want them in, within my vicinity. Like, I know myself. And that's why a lot of people, I think, you know, there's times where they can't remove them, but, you know, you need to kind of create boundaries for yourself and understand your own triggers. And if you can remove them, like, and again, with myself and probably with yourself as well, if I'm going to have something at home, it's going to be like a single pack. I'm not going to go get like a multi-pack because if it's left over, I'm going to keep visiting it. Exactly. And that's the thing, obviously got the husband and I don't want to stop him from obviously if he enjoys his snacks, I'm not, I'm not pushing anything on him. So, you know, we do have certain things in the house, but it's then, you know, it's that mind challenge and just pushing through it. Um, Tell us the story about your um, jar of lotus spread. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, oh. So this is when, I guess, when you spoke about me, <laughs> it being difficult to stay on track after my first fat loss phase. We, I had never had or tried lotus bread before. I, I didn't know what it was. Um, and it was introduced to me. and. It became a thing where in the evenings I would have a bit on some bread and then it turned into I'd grab a spoon and the jar and just have like a a teaspoon. But then that teaspoon became like five teaspoons in a day. And then it just it just got really out of hand where I think we got to. But I think I was like really getting back into the fat, my fat loss phase. I we had no, so my husband would hide the jars in the hat, in the in the kitchen, and I found them. And I was going to go in, and I was like, I, I can't because I've been on such a good like on such a good phase. My friend told me she, she used to do this. She'd have a whole jar and she'd just flood it with water because she didn't want any more, and she just didn't want to go back in. So I was like, I thought of her, and I was like, right, I'm going to do this. So I flooded the jar of biscoff, and that was it. We haven't bought a jar since. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. 
And it had to be done. <laughs> the stuff is so deadly. I had it recently. I put it in like a shake and I licked the spoon. I was like, oh, I know why this is like not good to have around. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Really Whoever dangerous. made that. Yeah. Dangerous. <laughs> so thank you for uh, telling your story about that. I think it was uh, a good, I, I always remember here. I think we, we shared that on the webinar as well. Right. I wanted people to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So coming back to that position after your first fat loss phase, so you got into fantastic shape for the wedding, right? Um, You got into the best shape you've ever been in. And then obviously we planned to do a bit of a reverse diet afterwards. We, We had an awareness that you were going on your honeymoon, but then... That was very aligned with the time where the the lockdown started happening, COVID really kicked off. So go through what happened from when you had your wedding, what the plans were for the honeymoon, and then what happened in between. Because that's probably, you know, in you know, in the superhero story where it's all going well, there's a bit of a dip in the road, and then they come back out. This was probably your dip in the road, right? It was a massive dip. I think, you know, we had planned to, so we'd had, luckily, thank God, had our civil um, and the big Indian wedding was supposed to be um, on the 21st of March and Boris called lockdown on the 23rd. However, that week on the lead up to cases were just going up and up and we just made the decision to cancel the wedding. Obviously, mm-hmm. something I'd like dreamt about forever, really, really heartbroken. Honeymoon then also gets cancelled. And I was like, well, this is really crap because, you know, it's just something you look forward to your whole life. You know, um, it's also really obviously looking forward to the honeymoon. And it just wasn't the way that I dreamt it would happen. And, also, obviously, as you're planning it, you're like, oh, my God, my dreams are coming true, as cheesy as it sounds. And then everything gets cancelled and lockdown happens. So then you're like, well, can I see my family? Can I, I can't see my friends. So this whole, all this change, I'm sure a lot of people have like, obviously, you know, gone through similar, similar things. And um, as a result of that, I was like, OK, well, I'm in good shape. I'm still working out. I'm still going for my walks. I'm just going to eat. Like I'm not, I'm not going to track what I'm eating, or I'm not going to think about what I'm eating too much. And that's kind of when it started going a bit downhill because I was then the lotus came in, um, wasn't thinking about you know what I was eating to be honest, and it just the weight just started creeping. It started to creep up. It was creeping up slowly, and I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm still okay. Like I don't mind this weight. And then it kind of it went past a certain number on the scale, and I was like, okay. If this continues, I'm just going to be back at square one. And the whole of last year and what I worked for is just going to go down the drain, which is when I kicked my butt into gear. And I think it was also at the time where you were like, are you ha- like, do you actually want to do this fat loss phase or are you happy with the way things are? Because you were, I think you were obviously like, what am I supposed to do as a coach right now? So, yeah, and that's kind of when I just thought I just need to sort myself out and stop feeling sorry for myself and deal with it. <laughs> Um, oh, and obviously, as a result of kind of getting back on track, it made me feel better, right? Like I was eating better again. Mentally, I was feeling better. Well, that's it comes full circle. I think it's a fairly reasonable response. I mean, most people, even if they didn't have any plans, just the whole lockdown period and the transitions they had to make to their life, like people did lean on food. So for having that situation to navigate, plus obviously, I think that you just left your home as well, right? So that was all very new. You had the wedding of your life, like, you know, cancelled, your honeymoon was cancelled. So you kind of probably just found yourself in a position where, you know, it was all pretty much just sucked a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. (laughs) And we couldn't even go anywhere, right? Like duck, Uh, couldn't go to restaurants. Yeah, it was just crappy time for everybody, I think. (laughs) 
that makes sense. Yeah. And then um, in terms of you like digging yourself back out of that. So obviously we kicked up things again. We like up things a notch. What did you, what did you find that was helpful in terms of kicking you up the butt again? Cause that's what you mentioned. You said you gave yourself a kick up the butt. What was it? Did you, did you need to give yourself like a bit of a pep talk? Did you have to look in the mirror and just be like, I don't want to be back to square one. What was kind of the catalyst for change there? Yeah, it was, um, I think it was a combination of things. I think it was the scale, firstly, the number on the scale. It was then the photos I was sending you because I was like, this is going back, like this isn't happening. And then the third thing was obviously you kind of just in a nice way, you did, you, you're never horrible, but you did, you were just like, you know, do you want to do this or do you want to just kind of coast and like be where you're at kind of thing? And that's when I was like, you know, I, I just... I don't want to kind of go back to where I was. And yeah, it also, obviously, I just keep going back to mentally, like, you know, when you are just focusing on you, like you just feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that's interesting. A lot of different forms of accountability. So there was coach accountability. There was your own accountability by seeing the scales and seeing the photos as well. So it's interesting that just having that awareness, because I feel like a lot of people will find themselves in a position they don't want to be because they hide from those things, right? They, They drop off working with their coach so they don't have anyone to uh, be checking in on them they stop taking photos they stop weighing themselves so it's interesting that you maintain those things and it kind of kept this front of mind yeah that's the thing I think if I had like you know if after the wedding I was like I'm done and I hadn't I didn't have you to hold me accountable like those photos I wouldn't have seen those photos I wouldn't have stepped on the scale as often it like it would have gone it would have just I would have just gone back to square one to be honest so Mm. yeah I think that's yeah. a good argument to um, say that people should continue to regularly just not even maybe not on a like a daily basis but on a regular basis keep an eye on their way keep an eye on their photos and stuff like that just so they can't hide from reality if things are slipping back so I think that's an interesting point to make mention when I as a coach had to take like a little bit of a step back and think okay Anika's doing good you know, it's like she's getting her training sessions in. Occasionally she's not super adherent with nutrition. You know, we're getting these, you know, you're maintaining your weight on the scale. And I was like, she's doing good. But when mm. we spoke on the phone, she wants to achieve, you know, she wants to go through this battle. So she wants to get to this way. You were doing better than you were doing before. But at the same time, I was like, I know that you can do better. So it was part of me. I was like, okay, I don't want to disrupt this momentum because it's definitely better, but it's not where you could be. So eventually I think I was like, let me make this call and just say, Hey, you know what? If you want to go ahead and, and push harder, then great, let's do it. But if you're happy, just kind of, yeah, making these small progressions, then let's do it as well. And I think that kind of gave you a little bit of a like, Oh, actually, yeah, I could be doing more and I do still want this. And then obviously things came along afterwards. So in terms of the way that you did go off track, I mean, this time around, we'll, we'll touch on this in just a second, but you've been able to navigate your nutrition and your training super, super well. What do you think the difference has been? I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, you didn't go into a lockdown, what do you think the main difference has been from being able to navigate the post fat loss phase so much better this time around versus the first time around? I think mentally I'm just a lot in a in quite a different place than I was then. So even in the lead up to my first fat loss phase, I was actually just focusing on, you know, I had so much other thing like so many other things going on, like planning the wedding, work, all the all that stuff. So this time around I was actually able to throw myself into the training, into the nutrition, um, actually think about it, enjoy it. Like I absolutely fell in love with it. And um 
you know, the whole process was just, I, I, I mean, I would do it again, like, and I've said this to you, like, I really, really, really enjoyed it and mm-hmm. learning about all that stuff as well. Um, and then kind of like doing like, like other courses on it, just cause I did like, just find it so much, so interesting at the time. And that, and I think also at the back end of the first fat loss phase, not being a, not managing it as well. I learned from that. Like I learned that, you know, even like you can work out as much as you want. You can walk as much as you want. You can do as much cardio as you want. If you're not eating right, you're not going to see what you want to see. Not to say that, you know, at the back end of my first one, I was still eating a hell of a lot better than I was the year before. It mm-hmm. was, I was still in a good place. It was just, I knew where I could be. And which is, you know, that's also what's kind of helped this time around and managing where I'm at now and nutritionally and stuff as well and just yeah and being more creative with food right like there's so many like yeah there's chicken like there's so much you can do with it there's the beyond meat burger like if you want to be veggie there's so much you can do with that like it's just about being creative so your food doesn't feel you don't feel like you're eating the same foods all the time things like that so yeah 100%. yeah no i completely agree and i feel like you you made a couple of very very good points there and the one main one is that I think people are tripped up a lot because they compare themselves to the prior versions of themselves. And as much as there's a big contrast between, you know, where you were and where you are now, and that's amazing, you know, you really shouldn't be comparing yourself to your old self because of, you know, that baseline isn't very high. And what you just said there is that you compared yourself to where you know you can be. And I think that's a better comparison to have. You do want to acknowledge the wins and, you know, being so far away from where you have been, but you've got to remember how low that baseline was. So if you actually look towards what you could be, then, you know, you're going to be onto something really, really powerful then. And obviously, you know, the second reverse diet came after the photo shoot and it wasn't like you made a decision and then we started prepping towards it. There was a lot of back and forth. So go into your decision-making process around going through the photo shoot in the end, and then we'll touch on the experience. So what held you back from booking it for so long, aside from uh, restrictions of COVID, of course, but, you know, what were the inner battles in your mind? Oh God. So I guess the first one was definitely what you just alluded to about kind of comparing myself to the year before and the fact that I had gotten into really, really good shape for the wedding and not being able to manipulate that. So I was really scared that that wasn't going to happen again for me. Mm. Um, And then it would have been like, well, what's the point of doing a photo shoot if, you know, I'm not going to be in the best shape of my life. So that was the first thing. Second thing was COVID related because the gym shut down, which also kind of, it was on the back end of my prior thought that I'm not, how am I going to get into the best shape without going to the gym and lifting those, you know, really heavy weights and the machines and all that stuff. So that was my second thought. And my third thought was just that it sounds really crazy now because it's like, why were you thinking that? Because I had done it before, but it was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do that again. Like, but I, and I, I don't know why I thought that. And so I probably was, you must've been like, she's being so annoying. Cause I was like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to book it. And then I was like, actually, no, like this went on for a good few months, didn't it? Like mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, yeah, I'll book it. And then I was like, no, I'm not booking it. And then I think I booked it maybe a month and a half before it actually happened. Cause that's when I actually started the really good changes in my body. And I was like, actually, I think we'll be okay. And what's actually happened is I feel a lot stronger. I feel like I look a lot better than I did last year, which I never thought would have happened. And um, 
yeah, it just it just goes to show that, you know, consistency and, you know, a good training program and good nutrition, like really good nutrition. Like I was weighing everything to the gram for this and just keeping everything on point for a goal. It just works wonders. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, No, I mean, there was a point in which I I don't know if I told you this, but at one point I thought that you just weren't going to do it. And I was okay with that. (laughs) I I actually just thought, I was like, you know what? I don't know if this is going to happen or not. And then obviously eventually when you had the conversation with the Ben photographer and you finally booked her, I was like, Hey, that's that's awesome. So, but yeah, there was a point in which I was thinking, nah, I'm not sure she's going to pull the trigger on this one, but yeah, it's good that you did. (laughs) I was being really annoyed. I know. (laughs) No, I think it was more the sense that, like, I had no doubts that you were going to turn up in better shape than you were. Like, you, and I think it did surprise us in terms of how much muscle you were able to put on, even with just the year of home training, right? Um, Because your physique was significantly better. I knew it would be better, but it was significantly better. So I think that was from my estimations. I was like, yeah, there's no doubt she's going to be better. So for you, you're like, I'm not sure if I'm going to look better. And I was like, you're totally (laughs) going to look better. Just just book it. Um, But no, interestingly (laughs) enough, you obviously followed through with it. So talk to me about your photo shoot experience. I know that it's something that you you know, really took to something you want to do again. So tell me about that and uh, the whole experience of, you know, the final stages of prep and the photo shoot itself. Yeah. So I think I was quite lucky because I was, because of the whole journey for the, from the back end of my last fat loss phase, having gone down a bad, not a bad route, but going down that route and then coming back out of it, I stayed on that path for quite some time. So I was on a good path with everything and so I didn't find the back end of the journey as grueling. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Like I can't, I probably sound really crazy, but I did. I really <laughs> enjoyed the grind and the workouts and the nutrition. Again, it's, you know, when you are on low cat, like I was on lower calories, but it's about finding those what, like high volume foods to keep you full and, you know, good good nutrition um, and all that stuff. So I really, really enjoyed it. I loved my walks. I still do, obviously. I'm just threw myself into the process. So with regards to the back end of the shoot, like loved it, <laughs> um, of the prep. Um, and then the actual shoot, I obviously, so I didn't want to get a spray tan. <laughs> I know I spoke to you about this um, and I spoke to some other people about it. And I was like, I really don't want one. I don't want to look like an, like an Oompa Loompa. Um, <laughs> but I remember going to, and I did it. You told me to get it done just the day before. And I actually didn't listen to you because I didn't want it. I went two days before. So I was like, so it can wash off a little bit. And um, I remember messaging you the day I got it done. I was like, I actually really like it. It looks like I'm just going on like an holiday. Like I can see all my definition um so it made me feel a lot better for the actual shoot like uh, from a mindset point of view and confidence side of things um I just felt really good and then oh so the day before I thought I would have had to like really go hard in the gym like do my steps do loads of cardio and not eat very much and the morning of I thought I'd have to like really starve myself but when you're sitting there telling me like don't move <laughs> like the day before, like just, just rest. And on the day of, like in the morning, you can have chocolate and cocoa pops. So I was like, what is this? Um, <laughs> so that was really amazing. And I think I was, I said to you, I was looking forward to the cocoa pops more than I was looking forward to the shoot at that point. I know the feeling. Um, yeah. And then um, the actual shoot was really good fun. Ben's obviously very goofy. You know, we <laughs> talked about a number of photographers and you said go with Ben because he, he will make you feel really at ease and he could tell he could see that I'd never done anything like this before I was awkward as 
you know, awkward turtle. Um, and he took the first few sh- shots and showed them to me. And he was like, look, you look really good. Like, you're good. You're fine. And I was still, I think I was being quite awkward. My face was like, he showed me the other pictures. Like, my eyes were like sticking out because I was just like overly trying to do something I don't know what I was doing um he made it so enjoyable because he was just like oh just pretend you're Beyonce or like blah 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 anyway <laughs> it was really good fun um the shots came out quite nicely I'm happy with them it was just really enjoyable from like deciding on doing the shoot to resting and Cocoa Pops to doing the shoot yeah I would definitely do it again and it's one of those things that even if I didn't do it again I've got those photos like you know when I'm, I don't know, 60 or whatever, like I have them to look back on and be like, I did that. Like, you know, yeah. 100%. They'll be there for you in the future. You know, you can always look back on it and it's, yeah, it's, it's an amazing achievement. And I, I'm not a big proponent on everyone doing shoots. I know some people are more intent on people doing shoots than others. I just think it's a nice way to capture all the efforts you put in from a physical perspective right you get an opportunity to present that in its best manner right and even if people don't have photo shoots i do encourage people to get some photos because if you know if you celebrate your graduation or your wedding these significant milestones in your life i think getting in the shape of your life is it's up there right and it, it depends on the person and their perception but i think it is up there so i like the photo shoot because it just then gives you that representation of all that hard work you put in and that's what it look that is what it is for me yeah and i you know i didn't want to do photo shoot during the wedding time and also because i thought i'd have my wedding photos um and i kind of regretted it because i was like well i don't have that and so this time around i was like i'm just going to do it because I have something then, and you know, like, and it is, I don't want to say it's hard work. I mean, it is hard work, but it's, I don't know what the word is, but it's, it's a whole chain. It's a lifestyle change and you've got something to, not that you need something to show for it, but it's nice to have. hundred percent. I completely agree with that. And, um, I, I just think it, it's like you said, it's a nice touch. It's the cherry on top of the cake. It really, you know, you still get the cake if you don't have it, but you know, you get that lower extra. So I think that's a nice, nice uh, token to have and, and a memory of a physical memory of what you achieved. And then hopefully you get to keep all of those results, which we are doing at the moment. And obviously you're now in a phase where we're, you know, focusing on building those calories back up. We're going to be focusing on, you know, getting you stronger in the gym, putting on more muscle for probably a shoot in the future. So yeah, what are you currently working on in the gym and with your training now? And obviously you've now taken a step to be an online health and fitness coach, which I think is absolutely incredible. So how is that going to? Right. So my fitness at the moment is, so I'm generally, um, I have a lot more energy just because I'm eating more food, which is really welcomed it was initially maybe for like a couple of days a bit of a mindset thing because I was like oh if I eat more food I'm just going to put on weight and but it was silly to think that and then uh, yeah so with more food obviously came more energy which means I had more energy to lift more and lift heavier in the gym which has been nice um I know I need to just get better at recording myself and sending them to you (laughs) I will get on that but I have been able to up the weights that I'm doing, which is really, really nice. Both mentally and physically, being able to do that has been really, really great. I've kept up my cardio just because I enjoy it. So that's been really good. Um, and steps have dropped massively, which um, has, I found it a bit weird initially just because I was doing so many steps before, but it's now, it's given me so much, given me back so much time. Um, so that's quite nice. 
And then, um, yeah, with regards to the health and fitness online stuff. So you've obviously, like, it's very clear that you've, like, changed my life. <laughs> um, Thank you. And just, like, the, the way I live my life is, like, really different now, obviously. And my the reason I wanted to start the health and fitness stuff was just to help other women. The amount it's changed my life and the way it's changed my life, not just from a physical perspective, but also mental uh, so the anxiety and stuff so even you know at the back end of my first fat loss phase we said I wasn't you know I wasn't being super adherent but even though I wasn't I was still eating better like I said and I was still feeling a lot better than I was the year before there was no shortness of breath or anything like that and so I started just you know so you know even if I just helped one person I would have been happy and yeah, it's just kind of ticking along nicely, which is great. And again, I, you know, got really, really into like the nutrition side of things and kind of learned more about all of that stuff and obviously the fitness stuff. So yeah, it's, um, you've been a really great influence. I often get told off by my husband, like when I'm supposed to be working on my business, who he, he literally the other day, he was like, I think I was watching Real Housewives or something. And he was like, you should take Elliot's work ethic. He was like, he works really hard. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, right <laughs> um but yeah no it's it's been really good <laughs> i'm glad to hear and uh no it's been beautiful to see and there's nothing more rewarding from a coach's perspective than to see someone embody the learnings that you try and impart on them and you've done that tenfold right so it's just been beautiful for me to watch especially from seeing you like when you first started right from going from where you were then all the way up into where you are now it's it's just been a beautiful journey to witness and i'm really happy just to have played a part in it so on to my final question is actually i have two final questions the first one is where do you see your health and fitness journey in maybe 10 years time oh my god i'd hope i'm you know still in Good shape. <laughs> no, I think I, you know, I want to get stronger in the gym, want to continue eating well, just continue on the momentum I've built and just keep going. I mean, this thing is like, it's a journey. It's a continuous journey. I don't see it stopping, you know, even though I've hit my, you know, best shape of my life, like maybe my next fat loss phase will be better. I don't know. And even right now, I'm pretty happy with the way things are at the back end of that fat loss phase. But again, you know, it's evolving. I'm evolving. And it's not just a fitness and nutrition journey. Like for me, for everybody, like it's also a mental journey, right? Like whether you're dealing with anxiety or depression or not, it's mentally, you know, if you weren't able to, if you thought before you weren't able to, I don't know, drop 5 kg, but you've actually ended up dropping 10, 15, that's massive. So Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, it's just evolving, you know, like there'll be, maybe other mental challenges or physical challenges that come up later in life that I can deal with better than I would have. Yeah. It's exciting. I'm looking forward to watching it unfold. And the final question I have for you is that you were just saying how it's an ongoing journey and, you know, you built it into a lifestyle. What would you say to people who would love to be in that position? Because I think a lot of people would, who just don't see it happening yet, you know, who don't, who can't foresee themselves being, you know, going to the gym for years and years to come, eating a certain way for years to years to come. What advice would you give them? I would say have more faith in yourself, firstly. Secondly, you know, find a coach, <clears throat> Mr. Hussey, um, who will kind of guide you in the right way, you know, 
not just from giving you, it's not just, you know, him giving you a training and nutrition program. It's so much more than that. It's a whole, you know, mindset shift. It's a lifestyle shift and fall in love with the process and don't focus too much on the end goal. Because if you fall in love with the process and you stop stressing about that goal weight, you'll automatically start ticking those boxes. You'll, you know, you'll eat well, you'll hit your steps, you'll, you'll tra- do your training. And by doing those things, you're doing the right things in order to get to your goal weight. Yeah. So it'll be those three things I'd say, like, like I said, have more faith in yourself. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like I didn't, I would never have thought I'd be here two years ago ever. That's amazing. Super inspiring. I think that's an, a fantastic closing message as well. So thank you so much. Uh, first of all, for like I just said earlier, for taking on all of the, you know, the learnings, the feedback I gave you and applying it so well and being where you are today. It's been, like I said, really, really beautiful to watch and see you grow and grow. So I look forward to seeing more of that. And thank you for imparting your wisdom on the podcast. I'm sure a lot of people take value from this. And obviously you being the first client to come on. I think that's really exciting. So if people want to connect with you and follow your journey, where is the best place for them to find you and do that? It uh, would be my Instagram. Uh, my handle is um, at Bodycraft Annika, so A-N-I-K-A. Perfect. I will put that in the show notes as well. So yeah, reach out to Annika, take a, a screenshot of this podcast and tag us both in it. Let us know what you enjoyed. And that is everything from us today, guys. Thank you again, Anika. Have an amazing week ahead, guys. Take care and we'll speak very soon. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.